the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Love. Courage. Truth. Glenn Beck. A school shooting may have been averted, and it shows everything wrong. Everything wrong with the FBI, the Broward County Sheriff's Office, and the Broward County School System. In fact, I hope somebody from those agencies is listening right now. Because this is an example of concerned citizens doing their part, real cops doing real police work, and it shows what is possible when all of the above come together. New England Patriots receiver Julian Endelman uh, was uh, hanging out with his teammates in Texas a couple of weeks ago. He got a disturbing direct message on his Instagram account. It read, dude. There's a kid in your comment section that says he's going to shoot up a school. I think you should alert the authorities. So he immediately contacted his assistant back in Boston and asked her to look into it. Couldn't have been easy. He's one of the most popular wide receivers in the NFL. Finding one comment out of the thousands on her boss's Instagram would be like finding a needle in a stack, uh, uh, you know, or or, uh, yeah, a, a needle in a stack of, well, needles or haystack. No, it's needles. Eventually, she came to this message. I'm going to shoot up my school. Watch the news. What did she do? She immediately called 911. A police officer arrived soon after. So now back to the Parkland shooting. If, If this were the scenario, this is where it all would have stopped. In fact, it's pretty close to what the circumstances were. In fact, Parkland had much more to go on than this. The Parkland killer left a uh, near identical message on YouTube, but the FBI proceeded to drop the ball. Not so with the Boston Police Department. So the Boston PD assigned two detectives to look into the Instagram comment. They immediately made an emergency records request to determine if the user's email and IP address were there and available And they used that information to trace his location to a town in Michigan. The Boston detectives then contacted the police in Michigan, who went right straight to the address where the message originated from. It is there that they found a 14-year-old boy in possession of two rifles. The boy eventually confessed to making the threat and admitted that his anger was directed at the middle school that he attends. He has now been charged with a felony and is sitting in a juvenile detention center. This, America, is how it's done. This story has all of the answers we're looking for. Responsible and concerned private citizens. Smart detective work. Extremely competent law enforcement officers following procedure by the book. We don't need more gun legislation in red tape. We already have the laws and the procedures in place to protect us. We need those people who are involved in the process to actually follow the book. If they were followed every time like this, we'd have far less tragedy. It's Thursday, April 5th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So there's a couple of things um, that I want to 
I want to start out with Bill O'Reilly is joining us in about an hour. We also have a, a filmmaker on who made a, um, a new documentary called The Swamp that really kind of shows you exactly what's happening in Washington, D.C. and why nothing ever changes. We'll get to him uh, in just a little while. Um, and um, a few other things that are important that we discuss today. But I want to start with the 1,500 Central Americans that are making their way up from Guatemala. Yesterday, on television, I mapped out on the chalkboard exactly who these people were. So here's a group that is called Pueblos Sin Fronteras. Translated in English, that means towns or people without frontiers. In other words, an open society. Really kind of important to know that it's a open society in just a minute. But the Wall Street Journal had been covering this caravan who now says they're not going to go all the way to the border because they have too many kids with them. Is that what it is? Is that what it is? Or is there something else that has happened? Now, last night I showed you video of this group of 1,500 Guatemalans coming across the Guatemala-Mexican border. What was missing in that video was anyone from the border guard. It showed the border station. There were no border guards. Now, since when does Mexico not have southern border guards? Since when do they have a gate, but they just leave it open for anybody to come through? That was either the government saying, yeah, okay, just just leave your post there for a while, or bribery. Either way, this group has pulled off all kinds of stuff that you know, a little group from Guatemala doesn't have the money to do. For instance, every town they go to, the towns are saying, you know what? We want to bus these 1,500 people to your next stop. Really? The towns are busing 1,500 people? Do you know how much that would cost? These little teeny towns in Mexico are, are hiring buses to take 1,500 people to the next stop? Wow, that's incredibly helpful. They really are the good Samaritan, aren't they, Stu? What good guys they are. Just uh, just a bunch of nice people doing nice things for each other. Boy, that's you all, ain't kidding. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah. And, well, the, and, and the border guards that apparently had to go pee-pee in the potty. Well, when duty calls, yeah. you know. So, well, not duty. When pee-pee calls. Duty was calling. <laughs> they left duty to go pee-pee. And that's why 1,500 people came across the border. That's interesting. Anyway, so they have all of these buses taking them to the next stop. Well, last night I showed you um, the, uh, the face of Alec Mensing. Now, Alec Mensing is, is the guy who is organizing all of this. He's the guy on videotape uh, that is seen yelling instructions over a loudspeaker. He's a, he's a white guy. He's an American white guy. Oh, my gosh. I thought white men were evil. So Alex, on his LinkedIn page, he lists his focus as immigration justice, writing, and odd jobs. Now, he's based in Texas, and he has an odd job. He's the on-the-ground coordinator for a group called CARA. CARA is an, is an umbrella group that focuses on providing services to illegal immigrants. 
Now, the largest groups in CARA is the Catholic Legal Immigration Network and the American Immigration Council. Both groups are prominent players in the open borders lobby. But they also are funded by the same cat. Yes. Spooky dude. George Soros. Now, George Soros, a, a, an avowed atheist, has been supporting Catholic groups for years. We came up and showed you last night the uh, IRS tax records so we could prove to you that George Soros was funding these people. Um, in, uh, in 2015, let's see, he gave, I'm sorry, in 2009, he gave over half a million dollars to the Catholic Legal Immigration Network. In 2015, he gave almost a million dollars. And that same year, the American Immigration Council was given $350,000. So let's see if we have this right. This grassroots, this nobodies from Guatemala that happen to be given bus rides all the way across Mexico and, and, and literally an open border with nobody checking them. They just come across the border. They happen to have the guy from America who runs CARA, who is funded by these uh, Catholic and international uh, illegal immigrant uh, organizations, which is funded by George Soros. We found some other names involved that we'll share tonight. But here's what I want to talk to you about. They have turned around, and I think they've turned around because Donald Trump is going to weaponize and put the military at our border. Now, I personally believe that these, these people here in America knew exactly what they were doing. I'm not sure that the Guatemalans were ready for this. I want to remind you of a story that we told, and very few people uh, were told this uh, on television because of the the anti-Israel uh, sentiment that is in so much of the media. But do you remember the flotilla? Do you remember doing those stories, Stu, on the flotilla? Oh, yeah. That was a, a good year of our lives, I right. felt like. Right. And what did we find out about the flotilla? What what was what was everyone else saying about the flotilla? Do you remember? Oh, it was a ragtag group of of wonderful people who had no just being crushed by Israel and and their terrible policies and there was nothing they could do. There was just nothing they could do but get on this boat and and hope that the evil Jews would but, not crack down on them violently once they got there. So they just got on this. this, this this leaky boat and oh. just didn't know what to do. And uh, unfortunately for them, um, the Israelis had cameras. And if you remember, the Israelis came out to confront the boat because they couldn't allow the boat in to dock. And so they came out to confront the boat and they started the, the Palestinians started a fight and a riot. And we showed all of this on television. Um, and as we showed the video, we also did a little homework on who was behind this ragtag group of just immigrants. 
It was Bernadine Dorn, you know, Bill O'Hare's wife. It was it was Code Pink that was behind this. Now, why was Code Pink involved in this? Because the idea is make Israel look like a bully. Anything you can do to make them look like a bully. Now, I don't know if this caravan is actually going to turn around. But I will tell you now that there is going to be a caravan like this that is going to come to our border. And they are going to use the same exact leftist strategy on the border of the United States as they were using with the flotilla in Israel. How can I be so sure? Because it's the same circle of people. See that Chip and Joanna, their last uh, episode aired this week. Oh, so the facial cream thing is starting up? <laughs> no, it's no, no, that's not what they're doing. I love, I love those guys. I think they're great. It's a great story. They've had a really cool run. They've revitalized the city, and now they're moving. And on they to stay the, true to themselves. At least it seems. Yeah, you yeah. know, really nice. I just, I really like these guys. I'll assume we'll find out that they're actually serial killers in a couple of years, but until then. <laughs> Uh, it's a really nice story. <laughs> Let me tell you about um, a way to make uh, an easy home improvement that will change the value of your house and change the look and feel of your house uh, for for less money than anything else that you could do to your house. Blinds.com. They are the best at what they do, and they sell blinds, shades, shutters, or drapes. They'll give you amazing service, quick delivery. They'll send you samples in advance. All you have to do is go to blinds.com slash back blinds.com slash back and look for the blind shades, shutters or drapes. You're going to get free samples, free shipping, free design consultation, and they'll guide you through installation step by step. So find out today why over 20 million Americans have trusted Blinds.com to upgrade their home, making them the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. They're, they're the same kind of people that I think that Chip and Joanna are. They're just really good. They're based here in Texas, and they're just really good people. Now through April 22nd, get guaranteed 20% off when you go to Blinds.com slash back. 20% off now through April 22nd at blinds.com slash Beck. Rules and restrictions do apply. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the program. So I'm, I'm uh... I'm going through the... Do you remember the We Don't Need a Weatherman to Know Which Way the Wind Blows? Oh, yeah, they're like Manifesto. Yeah. And that's of the uh, terrorist group from back in the day with Bill Ayers. Yeah, and Bernadine Dorn and mm-hmm. stuff. And I've just been going through it again. And um, because of... of uh, who was it in, the, in Congress that um, came out and said, Oh, you know, I, I was a Black Panther and... They were good people. They were just feeding people. <laughs> and Rollins? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Rollins? Yeah. Uh, and she came out this week, and, and it shows where the left 
uh, I'm sorry, where the Democrats really are, because there was no Democrat that came out and said, hey, the Black Panthers were killers. Black Panthers were not good people. As far as I know, uh, no Democrat asked to answer for that. No Democrat asked, do they agree with it? No Democrat asked to denounce her for saying those things. Mm-hmm. Not a word. You, you imagine that? You imagine if somebody got up and said, oh, you know, the Klan, they were really helping people. No. No, they, no, they weren't. No, they weren't. All right. So uh, between that and the, the what's happening on our college campuses and this this Christian, um, what do you call it? This Christian uh, privilege thing mm. that's just happened. I, I've been, I've been looking at, I've been looking at all of this, and I, and I thought earlier this week, why, why would you take on white, white males, and now Christians, who? Not a lot of people left in the United States after that. Right, you're what seventy percent white, right? Plus. Right. And 70% Christian, and there's not, it's not all overlap. Right. So you're at what, 80% of the population, 85% of the population, probably. Right. What, what are you doing? How are you expecting to win elections by embracing terrorists, by embracing really bad people, uh, and by cobbling together this coalition, and you're going against whites and Christians? Okay. Worked really well for them last election. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I, I do. I do. I want to get into that a little, a little <laughs> later with Hillary. She still won't let it go. Uh, but as I was thinking about it, Stu, and uh, I'd love to hear your your initial thoughts on this. I'm going to present something probably better next week when I'm when I'm going after I've gone through it again. But I think the radicals. We know that they went into education, right? Bill Ayers went into education. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the women that uh, that Rollins was talking about from the Black Panthers is a professor now of law. Yeah, the universities are the radical laundromat, right? Correct. Like they go there, they get cleaned up, they become professionals that are teaching our children. After you know, sure, they may have been bombing things in the past, but they can get they can get laundered there. So, do you remember that Bill Ayers in the Weather Underground said they're going to have to kill twenty five million people? They'll put them in indoctrination camps. And in the end, they may have to kill 25 million people to get this done. Yeah, there's a documentary that talks about meeting someone who it was an FBI agent, right? That went yep, inside yep. of the Weather Underground yep. and, and recounted that conversation. Okay, so instead of indoctrinating people before the revolution, why not try to do it to weaken your enemy and do it before the revolution, before there's a, a match lit, so you can get a lot of white people, a lot of white kids on your side. Why not, why not get the kids so confused that they'll at least not put up a fight? And if and so I started thinking that yesterday, and I started looking up the weather underground, and remember their whole idea was to cobble together everyone they could that was disenfranchised. But the main group they were looking for, they wanted Hispanics, they wanted blacks, but the main group they wanted were youth. 
and they talked about a youth movement and how important these youth movements were. Well, wait a minute. David Hogg. And who's propping that up? The same old characters of revolution. I think we're seeing the Weather Underground playbook being played out right now, just in a different and perhaps smarter way. Glenn Beck, Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Yesterday, something premiered on Facebook. It is a documentary called The Swamp, and it's a series, and it's going to come out every couple of weeks. Here is just a taste of what The Swamp is all about. I'd heard about people losing their seats on committees as a result of not voting the right way. People think this is politics. Politics is just a superstructure. And I often said, if it were a company, I'd have quit. Unbelievable. You don't need the rest of us. They make every single decision at the top. Peter Pelosi and I had a and the system's not broken. And there are good people here. The system's been poisoned. As soon as you want something, they got you. As soon as you want something, you'd now become part of the swamp. That's the way the game is played around here. The Swamp. The creator and executive producer is uh, Matt Whitworth, and uh, he joins us now. Hi, how you doing, Matt? Hey, great to be here. Always nice to be out of the swamp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you started working on this, and everyone said you were crazy, um, including the Freedom Caucus. Freedom Caucus leadership as well told uh, the four members that we have that they were crazy to do this show because these guys ended up signing a film participation release where they have no editorial or creative control. So they deserve a lot of credit. They took a huge risk. Um, in allowing us total access to them. We filmed you know, staff meetings in their office. We filmed them running over to the Capitol for votes. We filmed them uh, with their families. You know, um, So you get to see that whole picture. But it took us about six months to get through House Ethics Committee and Office of General Counsel, all of these House agencies uh, that we had to go through for these guys to, to sign this film participation release and to participate in their official capacity so as a who congressman. Are the, who are the ones that participated? So we have Dave Bratt, Tom Garrett from Virginia, Rod Blum from Iowa, and mm. Ken Buck from Colorado. And what did you learn? Oh, it's been fascinating. Um, uh, the first day we were filming with Ken Buck, and I said, you know, tell me just about the legislative process in D.C. And he smirks and he goes, the legislative process in D.C. is leadership writes the bill, they leak it to lobbyists on K Street, the lobbyists leak it to Politico, and then we read about it in Politico. <laughs> Unbelievable, <laughs> and and oh, we're hearing yeah. this from from everybody. I mean, you know, in the Senate, uh, I'll I'll hear from people in the House and the Senate that both say we we have nothing. It's it's it, there is a dictatorship of four. It's Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, uh, the Turtle, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and Paul Ryan. Yeah, that's what you hear. This is not a, uh, a Democrat bashing show. We actually reached out to Democratic offices in the very beginning because I thought, you know, even though we have policy differences, there's people on the other side of the aisle who want to see some of these sort of structural reforms in D.C. Uh, and none of them were willing to speak on camera because it's, it's much worse on the other side of the aisle if you speak out of line. But that's the big theme that you hear from all of these guys is the top down nature of D.C., how everything comes from the top. And then you really hear about 
you know, the retaliatory actions where if these guys don't vote the right way, what happens? So, you know, Ken Buck has told stories about people losing committee chairmanships or getting kicked off of committees for not voting the right way. There's been members who uh, during the August recess have had foreign trips canceled the night before they were due to fly out of the country Mm -hmm. by leadership for not voting the right way. Uh, But there's one clip in the trailer where you're or I can't remember which congressman it is, but he's, he's like, I'm a grown man. Like, because they, they come to them and they say, you're going to lose your privileges. You're going to, uh, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be looked upon kindly if you step out of line. And I think a lot of times we forget that these guys are accomplished people in their own right a, a lot of times, sure. especially with the Tea Party sort of movement that came in. It was a lot of people who are already successful at business, you know, economists and, and things, of the, doctors and things like this who just got into the, to the, to the, uh, the politics game at that point because they believe something was wrong with the country and then they get beat up by sort of the swamp as you're talking about and they get pushed into these areas that it doesn't make them feel comfortable this hasn't been their entire life hasn't been following it's been leading sure no absolutely i mean i i really wasn't sure um how forthcoming these guys were going to be and, and remember the only person i knew before we started this process was dave brat so i was cold calling offices looking at dozens of interviews youtube interviews of these guys trying to find people who i thought would be um, uh, really candid and forthcoming. The first meeting that we had with Ken Buck, a uh, congressman from Colorado, we went into his office and his staff had briefed him on sort of what we wanted to do for the series. And we sat down and Ken goes, I'm so glad you're doing this. The city is so screwed up. <laughs> so that's when I turned to one of my video guys and I said, I think this is going to work. I think we may have something. <laughs> yeah. um, but these guys, I mean, they, they really did. They took a huge risk. They had no idea, you know, the direction of the series. I mean, we, we gave them. Um, yeah, I'd never know, give you that. Sort of I mean, our, our vision. Yeah, I don't know anybody who, I mean, that that's, I, I, I want to impress upon the audience how risky that is to have a filmmaker come in and say, you know, you don't have anything to say about it and we can film whatever we want and you don't have final say on the edit. There's no way I would give that to you. Sure. Because yeah. you could edit it. If I don't know you, you could edit it any way you wanted and make me look any way you wanted me to look. So these guys are extraordinarily brave. Yeah, they took a huge risk in doing this. And there were members, uh, other Freedom Caucus members who told these guys, you're crazy to do this. And and Rod Blum, the congressman from Iowa, um, told me one point, um, uh, we were setting up the cameras and getting ready to film. And he said, you know, I view this as if I say something stupid and you guys end up using it, that's on me. That's not on you. He said, but I'm so frustrated with this system. And he goes, if this can play any small part in shining a light on it, he said, I'm willing to take that chance. So what what do you show us? What what is the what's the biggest thing that you think people are going to take away from this and go, holy cow? I think one of the biggest things is um, it's exactly what you talked about. The leadership of both parties are in cahoots with one another. So um, uh, one of these guys told the story um, uh, about if you want to be on the uh, internally, the congressmen rank committees. So if you want to be the chairman of an A committee like financial services, you have to kick up one point two million a year to the party. Oh, my God. So it's not about your your, your knowledge or your experience. It's about who's the best fundraiser. So Ken Buck told us the story. This apparently started on the Democratic side of the aisle where in the DCCC, there's a list of all of the members and what they have to kick up and who's behind on kicking up these payments to the party. And apparently, Paul Ryan heard about that and was like, wow, that's a great idea. We should have it on the Republican side. So now it's on the Republican side as well. And Ken Buck showed us the picture of this list. So you're going to see these guys strategizing behind closed doors. You're going to see, you know, see them having staff meetings, trying to figure out, you know, how are we going to you know, block this piece of legislation? How can we slow it down? 
Um, and if we get into things like, you know, if there's a new speaker um, of the House sometime this summer or before the election, you're going to see all of that play out as well. Hmm. Did you go through this and, and see, because I mean, there's structural problems and that's kind of what the focus is. It's not about personalities necessarily. It's about the structural problem in Washington. Did you come through it and at the end say, okay, here are here are concrete things that we could do that could actually solve these problems. Yeah, so that's what we're getting into. And actually, that's one of the reasons these guys are so frustrated. Um, Rod Blum from Iowa introduced three what he called drain-the-swamp bills this past fall. And and some of them are simple. One is no first-class air travel for members of Congress. Hmm. Uh, Another is a lifetime lobbying ban. And then the third one is term limits. And uh, he's like, I'm going to submit these bills, but I know they're not going anywhere. You know, So that's how frustrated these guys are. So why is it on Facebook? Why, why, why not Netflix or Amazon? Hey, we went that route. We put together, we filmed with these guys uh, a single day in the fall to, to put together a sample reel to be able to show networks. And we went out and pitched Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and, and probably about a dozen major television networks. And uh, all of them were blown away by the footage. Several of the networks said, you know, we've tried to do similar shows, but we weren't able to get past ethics committee or some of these other groups. Uh, so they were impressed that we were able to. But I, I think we sort of hit that uh, insurmountable, you know, political bias of they didn't want to put four House Freedom Caucus members and give them a platform, um, you know, for, for them to sort of, you know, share their stories. We were sitting with an executive at a major network and I was talking about this, you know, unprecedented access that we have. And uh, I mentioned that we have four members of the House Freedom Caucus and he rolls his eyes. And then we showed him the footage and he goes, wow, I wanted to hate these guys, but I can't. So at the time I was really naive and I was like, man, this is great for our chances of selling <laughs> yeah. this show, you know. Uh, but hindsight being 2020, yeah, I don't think there was any way that they were going to put these guys, you know, on television. Next time you do this and you have original stuff, bring it to me. I will. Bring it to me. I will. Because I'll go into those offices with you. Good. Good um, to know. Because, uh, uh, yeah, I'll go in with you. So what you see in episode one uh, is us sort of just introducing these characters, um, you know, and, and setting them up. I think that's uh, sort of a surprising aspect of the show. It's, it's really twofold. It's, you know, what are some of these big issues plaguing D.C.? How are we going to fix it? And then it's also turned into this, you know, sort of Mr. Smith goes to Washington, you know, these character dramas. So all of these guys are in their first and second term. So you get to see, you know, what were their expectations coming into Congress versus, you know, running into this wall of, of basically being quarantined and put in a box by leadership. So mm. you now have these guys. Have you heard and have the Freedom Caucus, have others seen the footage? And what are they saying about it? So we've heard uh, we've heard sort of mixed things. Uh, there are other members who have really liked the footage that they've seen so far. But we sort of ran into that even before we released the first episode. Um, like I said, there were several Freedom Caucus guys who you know told our four mm-hmm. members, "You're crazy to do this show." Mm-hmm. But we filmed, I think, with Rod Blum walking over to the Capitol. So we have our you know film mm-hmm. crew surrounding him, and all the other members started peacocking. And they're like, why does Rod Blum get a television crew? And they're coming up and slapping him on the back. <laughs> you know, hey, Rod, what's going on? Um, so that, that's been funny to see as well. Yeah. Um, well, we look forward to it. First one is out, came out yesterday. Um, you can find it at facebook.com slash the swamp. Really, really worth watching. And also congratulations uh, to uh, Dave Bratt, Tom Garrett, Rod Blum, and uh, Ken Buck for having the courage to go on record and say these things. There are a lot of people in Washington that are good, and I think good on both sides. 
I mean, it's 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 hard to find them, but they're <laughs> they are there that want an end to this, but they they don't have the balls to do it. And these four men did. And 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 good job, Matt. Thank you very Congratulations. much. You bet. So you can see it, facebook.com slash the swamp. There's going to be new episodes every uh, couple of weeks, uh, and uh, you can check it out there. Uh, Matt is on Twitter, at Matt, at Matt Whitworth, and then, of course, underscore. Yes. You have to put the underscore. <laughs> of course, have to. There's some other evil Matt Whitworth out there who stole your name. A guy in British, uh, in Britain, who oh, I've yeah. tried to get it from. <laughs> yes. Uh, have you ever taken your car in for an oil change? The mechanic finds something wrong, and you're like, hey, surprise, I get an extra bill. This has happened to all of us. The, the I'll, I'll tell you the you know the great thing is you know when the check engine light used to go on, um, we could just we could just reach into the fuse box and pull that fuse so we didn't have to look at it all the time. Now check engine light goes on, you have to check the engine because you have absolutely no idea what's happening. And if you are out of warranty, your car breaks down. You could be out of pocket for thousands of dollars. This just happened to me with one of my truck with one of my trucks. I have a couple of old trucks that don't have warranty anymore. It's a 2000. I don't remember 2008 and 2012, I think. Um, and they don't have warranty. Took him in just for the regular service. And one of them uh, had a problem. Would have cost me about four grand. Cost me nothing because I have car shield car shield. It makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair really easy. You can have your favorite mechanic or the dealership do the work. It's your choice. They write the check to them, so you're not having to wait around. They also provide 24/7 roadside assistance while the rental car uh, and, and a rental car while yours is in the shop being fixed, and it's all free. So do it now. CarShield.com. CarShield.com. Or call 1-800-CAR-6100. Mention the promo code BECK and uh, and get an additional 10% off. That's CarShield.com. Promo code BECK. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Glenn Beck. From the Wall Street Journal today, my name is David Hogg, and I'm not from Parkland, Florida. I first found out about the other David Hogg from my grandfather. He called me up and and asked my parents to turn on the TV because there was a David Hogg who looked kind of like me and was close to my age. I'm 16. He's 17. We were all saddened by the events in Parkland and found the coincidence of names odd. But then it turned into something we didn't expect. My mom and I started getting hate messages through social media because people were confusing me with the David in Florida. They used our pictures from Facebook, used anti-Semitic words, although we're not Jewish, made fun of our looks and our last name, and said many other hateful and crude things. We contacted them one by one to prove that we were a different family. Some believed us. Some just thought it was part of a conspiracy theory. Some kept things going, and it kept snowballing. My younger brother was asked at school if that was his elder brother on TV. One of my professors in the middle of a lecture asked if I was the David Hogg from Florida. We hoped things would settle down, but they didn't. And after a while, I decided it was time to tell my story and where I stand on the subject, even though this isn't my fight. Again, an article in the Wall Street Journal and op-ed. 
I feel for Mr. Hogg, his classmates, and the community of Parkland as they have gone through a horrific atrocity. I wish that nothing like this would ever happen again. At the same time, I believe in protecting everyone's constitutional rights and liberties, and I feel that the Second Amendment is important. I believe that gun education needs to be improved for buyers and gun safety instruction should be mandatory in school, much like CPR in health class. Even if you don't personally want a gun, you should be educated on the basics of firearms and what to do in different situations. To help make schools safer, an obvious improvement would be have more trained armed security officers at school and have limited outside entries. Many schools have all doors locked to outsiders. Everyone enters through a front area. The answer is not to take away guns from law-abiding citizens, because that wouldn't result in less protection. In theory, uh, because that would result in less protection. In theory, taking away guns sounds like a good idea, but it's more complicated than that. Not everyone abides by the law. The law tries to prevent incidents and punishes offenders when crimes occur, but it can't stop people from hurting others. And it is unjust to punish the majority of law-abiding citizens based on the actions of a few criminals. He then goes on to talk about how David Hogg needs to listen more and talk less and how we all have different opinions, but we must respect each other. Today's Wall Street Journal. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Love, courage, truth. Glenn Beck. President Trump is sending the National Guard to the border because he's going to wage war on immigrants. No, no. People who are coming here illegally should be stopped. But this is the impression you get from most mainstream media coverage this week. Anytime the word Trump comes up, they go crazy. Anytime the words Trump and troops are uttered close together, the bosses at CNN and the New York Times break into a cold sweat. Fascism, fascism on the rise. Yesterday, the Department of Homeland Security announced President Trump will sign a proclamation to deploy the National Guard um, along the U.S. border. The number of troops involved and for how long is yet to be determined. The National Guard is going to serve, quote, as an immediate deterrent, end quote, to illegal immigration by supporting U.S. Customs and Border Patrol uh, protection and personnel. Now, one Homeland Security official made it clear that the National Guard troops will not make physical contact with any illegal aliens at the border. They're not allowed to. Federal law prohibits the military from civil law enforcement, including immigration law. They will primarily assist custom and border protection with air surveillance and camera monitoring. In other words, the kind of stuff a lot of Americans think we are doing or we should be doing instead of wasting all of this time talking about a wall. Let's get something done. Both the uh, Texas governor, Greg Abbott, and Arizona governor, Doug Ducey, applauded the president's decision yesterday, saying they welcome the support. California Governor Jerry Brown, on the other hand, has not commented, even though his state needs all the federal help it can get its hands on. Do you know that they have issued a million driver's license to undocumented aliens? 
Still, it's a pretty irrational thing for the president to do, right? I mean, amassing troops on the border, who does that? Well, you know, a couple of presidents have done it. In June 2006, President George W. Bush did. Remember the slaughter? Remember the mayhem? Ho, ho, ho. 2006 will always be remembered for... I don't know. Anything probably other than the troops amassing on the border. He sent the National Guard troops to Texas... New Mexico, Arizona, and California. Oh, oh, but then let's recall the bloodshed of 2010. Oh my gosh, do you remember the wars on the border when President Obama sent the troops in 2010, deploying 1,200 troops? Both operations provided surveillance, arrest, and drug bust support for a combined cost of $1.3 billion. So major border operations in 2006, 2010, and now 2018. What? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, 2006, 2010, 2018. Man, what? Stu, I'm, I'm sensing something. What is it about those three years that just keeps sticking out? Seems like it's the first election, uh, congressional election of a presidency. Oh, uh, my gosh. All three are in the midterm election years. First midterm of the presidency, too. Wow, what an amazing coincidence. It's Thursday, April 5th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, welcome to our happy-go-lucky friend, little Billy O'Reilly from down the street. Hello, Bill. How are you? Six foot four, Beck. Don't be <laughs> diminishing my height. <laughs> you are an enormous person. Have I'm you big, ever... But I'm in shape. Have you ever met... Uh, uh, what's uh, Ham Hands, the guy with the bananas for Banana, fingers? Uh, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Have you ever met Tony Robbins? No, I have not. No. Oh. I was wondering which one's bigger. I think I'm, uh, I'm smarter than he is. I don't know. Oh, I don't know about that. How much uh, money you got? How much money you got? Have you seen? Have you seen his vacation houses in Hawaii and everything else? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, look, so, Tony. Uh, if he earned it, that's fine with me. All right. Let's so get back, let's get back to the border, Beck. Who was yeah. the first human being in the media to call for the guard on the border? And you know who that was? Uh, Sean Hannity. No. no uh, it was uh, Tucker Carlson. Right after, right after nine eleven. Oh, Laura Ingram. No, me. Uh, uh, right after nine eleven, <laughs> we put out exactly the same plan, and I'm sure that Donald Trump remembers this. Yes, that Donald Trump instituted yesterday. Exactly the same, identical. All right. So why did I want to do it? Because after nine eleven, we obviously had uh, security concerns about terrorists infiltrating into the United States. And everyone knows that the easiest way to get here is to come across the southern border. There's no easier way. So uh, I said, you know what? Let's put the guard down there and back up the Border Patrol um, and stop not only terrorists from coming here, but also millions of illegal aliens who had been coming here since Ronald Reagan's administration and all of these narcotics. So uh, the posse comitatus people went out of the woodwork. Oh, you can't use the military to enforce the law civilly. That's not true, by the way. If it's a national security problem, you can use the National Guard and the military to enforce the law. And you've seen it during riots. 
You've seen it in other uh, national security crises that if the president or a sitting governor wants more security, they can call the military to provide it. So the question then becomes, who would oppose this, Beck? And I want you and Stu, who would oppose better security at the southern border to stop drugs and, and millions of people coming in here? Who would oppose that and why? Uh, I would I would I would imagine that the Democrats would oppose that for votes Why, and the, for votes and for instability and chaos. And Republicans would also uh, would like to have the the jobs. Well, OK, Cheap I mean, labor. but there's an emotional reason that the Democratic Party, not everybody in it, but many, many. Mm hmm. Uh, want, it's an open border play. Would you would you agree with me on that? Yes. If you don't want the border secure, you essentially are saying, you know, we're okay with 12 million illegal aliens like Jerry Brown. Mm-hmm. Jerry Brown's okay with it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a problem with 12 million people mm-hmm. here illegally. He doesn't have one problem in the, in the world with it. All right? So you have to start there. They don't have any problem, and the narcotics are unbelievable. So just the National Guard's presence at the border. Just the fact that they're there, the trucks and the guys. That's going to give the cartel pause. I want to, I want to play, so anybody who's listening to, to Bill here, uh, I want to play a shootout from the cartel and the Mexican army on our border, just across our border. This is what is going on right now on our border. If that doesn't sound like a war, you're out of your mind. That's what's happening right across our border. Is that in Juarez? Did you pick that up from Juarez? Uh, no, that is uh, uh, right across from a town. I, I don't even remember the name of the town. A little teeny town I think I, I've never even heard of. Yeah, because Juarez is the murder capital of the world. All right, so we all know, anybody who's fair-minded, in there, we all know that there's danger. And that this 15, uh, 1500 march, which is now broken up because the Mexicans got scared that Trump would uh, do something with NAFTA if they didn't stop it. So the Mexican government had stopped the 1500 march uh, of migrants toward the uh, U.S. border. But everybody knows there's danger down there. Nobody is going to put forth that Mexico is an under-control country. It's not. And, and so we have a national security problem just like the Israelis had the problem with um, Hamas and mm-hmm. uh, on their border. Same mm-hmm. thing. Okay? Mm-hmm. There's danger. People are dying. All right? About 50,000 people died in Mexico, and a lot of them on the border. Uh, by the way, that is across uh, the border from Donna, Texas. Yeah, I don't know where that's. That's probably near Nuevo Laredo or whatever. But the point of the matter is you've got to get to the, the root cause of the opposition in the United States. There shouldn't be any opposition. This should be applauded. This is good to protect Americans from danger, from drugs, from violence, from people who are coming here illegally. Now, that's not necessarily dangerous, but to Kate Steinle, it certainly was. All right, so why? 
I wrote a column today. It's posted on BillOReilly.com on whiteness. Mm-hmm. All right, you read it. I sent it yes. to you. Yes. All right, on whiteness. This is the root of the left's opposition to securing the border. They don't want white people in charge of the country anymore. So get as many minority people from as many places as you can to come into the United States to strangle whiteness. Okay, so so may I may I take this idea of yours and expand in a different direction? I'm not sure that that is really what uh, the the left is all about. They use race. They're using whiteness. But I yes. think, Bill, um, last night I went back and I, I read uh, You Don't Need a Weatherman to Know Which Way the Wind Blows, which was the manifesto of the, the weather underground. I think they are doing the manifesto. They're doing what they set out to do just in a different way. That whole thing was to cobble together everyone you could to topple the United States government and to topple our system. And what they were talking about was anyone, anyone that can be used, uh, who has a grudge, uh, who we can, who we can come in and make sure that we separate them from that power structure. We're going to. And if you read their manifesto, it's the same thing. They, they are just going after those who believe in capitalism and the American, the typical American uh, idea of, of freedom. And I think that's what they're doing. They're just, they're just sowing the seeds of revolution. Yeah, I mean, you're basically saying to the American people, we oppose any kind of border security because we feel that migrants should be treated with dignity and we are a welcoming nation and um, we should let everybody in. Right. Now, they'll, they're not going to say we should let everybody in, but they will say the other two things. All right. We're a welcoming nation. We ought to feel sorry. We have to. But I'm telling you, if you read, if you listen to the far left right now. It's all about whiteness, white privilege, right. white supremacy. Correct. And, and I'm, I'm saying to myself, what is going on? Mm-hmm. What, and, and, and they brag, the census says, that white Americans will be a minority soon. Mm-hmm. And this is, in, this is a celebratory thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't care what anybody's skin color is. I just want the best people. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. not to me. But if you're going to social engineer, and that's what this is all about, it's yeah. social engineering. And they'll take the narcotics. They don't care about opioids or anything like that. So what? The cartels are smuggling. So what? Do they care? Did you ever hear one liberal Democrat stand up and say, we've got to fight these cartels ever once? I never have ever. Bill O'Reilly, his um, his um, uh, op-ed today is The Idiocy of Whiteness, and we'll get more of that and more uh, on the news of the week with Bill O'Reilly in just a second. First, let me tell you about Simply Safe Home Security. It's prepared for anything that gets thrown at it. Storm takes out your power. Simply Safe is ready. An intruder cuts your phone line. They're ready. Say the intruder comes in and tries to destroy your keypad or your siren. Simply Safe will still get you the help you need. Now, maybe it's overkill, but they don't think so. They're ready for the worst case scenario. 
That's what makes Simply Safe Home Security so great. It's always ready, and it doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Instead, they only charge what's fair and reasonable. 24-7 professional security monitoring without a contract is $14.99 a month. There are no contracts, no hidden fees. Simply Safe. I recommend it for everybody I know. Keeps my family safe. SimplySafeBeck.com. That's SimplySafeBeck.com. Protect your home and your family today with SimplySafeBeck.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. So, Bill O'Reilly, when I was at Fox uh, and. Uh, and we were going through boycotts. Fox was actually leaking things to to uh, bad, you know, the the other side, um, and and you know, I think trying to put me in my place, uh, which is fine. It's you know the way they did their business at the time. I found it really good news that they came out as strongly as they did for Laura Ingram. It kind of surprised me, and I'm I was glad to see it. Your thoughts? Well, I think they had to. Uh... They had to do it because of me, you know, media matters did the same thing, sponsor boycott on me after you. So that this is the third, fourth one, because they tried it on Hannity, too, um, after that uh, murder investigation thing. So there were four uh, media matters led investigations. Unfortunately, uh, this kid, David Hogg, allowed media matters to manipulate him. Um, and uh, Media Matters used him to drive the sponsor boycott against Ingram. So when you have four pretty big names, uh, Beck, O'Reilly, Hannity, Ingram, all being uh, attacked by Media Matters, I mean, the company had to, had to stand up and say, you know, we're not going to throw Laura Ingram over over the side. Um, because if it didn't, I mean, you know, their numbers are down anyway. I I don't know what the future would have been over there, but I was happy that they they protected Laura in the sense that this boycott thing is so un-American, it just drives me crazy how bad this is. Do you you kind of, in a way, feel bad for David Hogg? He, He... you know, he was on the uh, he was on TV the other day. Though there's no shadowy characters behind uh, me. He does yeah. he not? It, no, he I mean, knows. I feel bad for him if he doesn't know he's no, being he used. You he, think he, he knows? knows. Absolutely. On BillOReilly.com, we listed, we listed. All right, all of the interactions back and forth, the timeline between Media Matters and David Hogg. And I want to know where where are Mr. Hogg's parents? I mean, I we thought don't of that this heard morning. a word. Yep. Uh, from them. But there's no doubt that Media Matters coordinated with this teenager to attack Laura Ingram and try to ruin her career. And why do you say that there's no doubt? Because of the timeline. Because Media Matters, if you look at uh, the right after uh, Laura tweeted about uh, Mr. Hobbs' college situation, which he had talked about on television, within hours, all right, Media Matters was in compiling sponsors, and then gave them to David Hogg, who then tweeted them out. David Hogg has no capacity to find out Laura Ingram's sponsors. Mm-hmm. You know that. Mm-hmm. All right? But Media Matters has all the Fox News sponsors. 
and they just funneled it over to him and then used him as the spearhead for the boycott. And then, of course, the companies panicked. You can't come up against a kid, a 17-year-old Parkland survivor. So it was a very well, look, Media Matters, they, these are serious people. I mean, they, they are in business to ruin all with whom they disagree politically. Yes. And, and they have a, a very well-organized machine, and they know these boycotts work. So Fox News knows that. They know it. They've been through it four times. And so they had to finally say, you know, we're not going to play into this. Ben, Sh- um, ben Shapiro said, you know, mutually assured destruction worked in uh, the uh, in the Cold War. You can't just let somebody nuke your cities. And, and he made the point we uh, we ought to we ought to turn about his fair play. He went after Eichenwald, and Eichenwald is is in you know is is out everywhere now. Do you do you think the right should should respond in kind? No, uh, it's so immoral what they're doing. The far left is doing, but there is something called torturous interference, um, where that is uh, against the law, civil law, and that's where you can go. And I'm looking at that um, because these people are trying to destroy industries, businesses, and people. All they right. want to destroy people. All right. I, I want to get into, because there was uh, more released uh, yesterday um, in, in court, I guess, something was unsealed. And I'd like to get your response on that. And I think that's what you're alluding to on torturous interference. We'll go there with Bill O'Reilly next. Glenn Beck, Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So the New York Times has written yet another story on uh, Bill O'Reilly and how he silenced his accusers. Um, Bill, uh, they... uh, they say that um, you forced these women uh, to claim or uh, to disclaim the materials that they had, audio recordings or diaries, as counterfeit and forgeries if they ever became public. I forced them. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I guess that's the deal. It says the two women reached settlements, uh, but they were required to turn over evidence and include audio recordings of diaries, and, uh, and they were required to disclaim the materials. I mean, why would someone si- sign something like that, Bill? I, I have no idea. All I can tell you back is that I have to now go through the court system. I tried to stay out of the system to protect my family. I can't. So the attacks on me are relentless. Uh, they're not going to stop. Everybody knows why they're in play. So all I can do is now go through the legal system. Okay, so, so, so hang on just yeah. a second. I, I was being facetious when I said no, I, you I know forced you were, them. But you know they, what they obviously about. Right. Well, well, hang on just a second. Here's, here's my issue with this. Uh, you know, I, I don't know 
Uh, I know what you have told me, which is very little. Um, and you've ne- you've never said anything other than I can't talk about it because of you know uh, court yeah. proceedings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, from what little I know, uh, the the only other thing um, that I know is coming from from these guys and leaking this material. Now the court system will figure this all out. And it will all be well. It, I hope that I hope it will. Well, here's I hope a, that you know well, we it it will. Well, here's the, there's no other recourse for me now. I mean, I just can't. I have to now take it in, and it'll never. I look. I have come to the realization that in my life, no matter how many years I have left, this will never stop. It will never stop because they fear me, uh, and. That's it. They're going to just use whatever they can use. So rather than do it in the press or on the Glenn Beck program, basically going to do it in the court system and pray that the court system will operate the way it should okay. on evidence and on the law. So, so Bill, here's here's the real question: the 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 court system did work. You did go make a. Yes, you made did, a. But they, but they, yeah, of course. Right. I did what I had to do to protect those around me. But now they have apparently decided that they're just not going to live up to whatever it is that we accommodate, you know, the accommodation so that was reached. How, so did the, up to it. how did the judge come to that yesterday? And unse- I have no idea. I got to leave that to my, my attorneys. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I am just basically an American citizen asking for justice. That's all I am right now. Not to throw myself on the court. I don't know what, why they're ruling the way they're ruling. I don't. Well, doesn't know. this take apart every single uh, settlement that that? Uh, Absolutely. I if mean, nobody it, in this country can ever sign a confidential settlement with anybody and expect that that will be upheld from now on. What does that? What does that do to it? Forget about you for a second. What does that yeah, do? No settlement. No settlements. Everything will have to be adjudicated. The courts will be overwhelmed. Not only that, doesn't that hurt the people that actually, I mean, because giant corporations, uh, you know, the idea was. You can do unintended consequences all day long on it, but, you know, it is apparent that that legal documents and contracts are not being upheld. And if the courts do not stop that, then you're going to have anarchy in the civil justice system, which I think you have now. All right, um, we'll move on. Um, uh, there's a breaking thing about what we talked about uh, in the first uh, segment here. This just broke on uh, Mediaite, which is a website. Mm-hmm. It's an article by a left-wing guy, and I'm going to quote it. Securing the border is red meat for Trump's bigoted base who desperately want to keep America white. Ironically... Trump will be spending their tax dollars to serve them red meat. Will they care? Probably not if it prevents the browning of America. Bill, do you know, do you know anybody personally in your circle? Because I don't that it, that thinks that way. That it's uh, that we you that, know what uh, we're and, just going to get the board of security is all about yeah white we got to keep power. America white we just got to no. keep America white I don't know anybody who thinks that way no yeah an excellent question I don't I don't know a okay. single person regular folks don't think that way but this is why the opposition to border security is so vehement it's all about getting white people 
out of positions of power. I think it's I think it is all about getting people of color to hate white people. I, and it, it, that may we may be saying the same thing, but I think it's people trying to cobble together a coalition around hatred. I mean, why would you why would there you are, there are haters involved in it? I don't want to generalize and say everybody who opposes border security. Oh, I'm not saying that. Not everybody. Yeah, I'm not saying there that. are, you know, there there's the people who believe in open borders for humanitarian. Yes, yes, yes. But what is not being told except on programs like yours and, and mine, all right, to the folks is there is a reason that the far left doesn't want border security. And it has nothing to do with humanitarian. It, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It has to do with getting more influence in California, in Arizona, in other states from minorities. Well, that that was the argument on the um, on the uh, the census is that California, you know, didn't want to, you know, have the question, are you a are you yeah. a legal citizen? Uh, my suggestion was, well, why California? Why don't you just suggest that you count non-citizens as three fifths a person? <laughs> Dred Scott, Look, <laughs> compare California, the nation's largest state to what it was when Ronald Reagan was governor there to what it is now. Ronald Reagan could never be elected anything in California now, ever. The Republican Party doesn't exist except for a few counties. And it's because of this massive influx of immigrants and people of color. And they have flocked into the Democratic precincts, which had openly promised them uh, sanctuary and money. Money. And therefore, California is bankrupt. Therefore, it has the highest tax states in the union to pay off all of the promises that they've made to the new voters. But the new voters now have tilted it out so that there's never going to be a Republican elected in California or New York, because New York City did exactly the same thing. Does exactly it, the same thing. Does it have anything? I'm, I'm just I, I keep I keep going back to the radicals of the 1960s because everything is so radical um, right now. And it all seems to be playing into, again, you know, almost the cloward and Piven overwhelm the system. There is no way for the state of California, which is already taxed to death. There is no way for them to pay for all of the services. No, they can't pay for it. Right. So, but, I mean, collapse is in their future. To them. It doesn't matter because they hold political power in Sacramento. And so they can pass their insane agendas that people are, wait, 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 wait. What now? What, what are you telling me? I can't drink coffee now? I got coffee label? What? Who, you know, and it's, it's, this is the reason that we have a porous border and a border that's dangerous. It's actually dangerous. It's all about voting. It's all about power. It's all about getting the white people out of power. And people should know what the real reason is. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. What do you have coming up? Um, we have a interesting uh, take on why the media... Okay, they've they've lost the Russian collusion thing back. You know that, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's over. 
All right. So it's now, okay, we got to get Trump. We can't stop. You know, the, the rules of radicals, Saul Alinsky, is you can't stop. That's what's happening to me. You got to continue, 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 because people then get exhausted and say, okay, it's, we're better off without whoever's being attacked. That's the strategy. So the women, all right, they came up after the Russian thing. That didn't really work out for them as Trump's Rasmus approval ratings, 50% now. It didn't work that well. So now, what's, where next for Donald Trump? Where next? And that's what we're going to do on BillOReilly.com tonight. Thank you very much, Bill O'Reilly. All right. BillOReilly.com. Good to talk to you, Bill. Have a good weekend. Keep thinking it's Friday because we had Bill on, but he, uh, he had a prior engagement tomorrow, and so he's uh, day early. Seems like we get to take the day off then tomorrow. I am out. all for it. Mm-hmm. I am all for it. If you were got up and you were listening to the program, you're like, oh, it's Friday and Bill's on. No, no, sorry. Well, you get to take the day off too. Then tomorrow, if that's if you thought that during the interview, then yes, you have a you're legal right. reason. You're right. Just get a note from your doctor. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. It's only Thursday. All right. I want to talk to you about American financing. There are companies like uh, Airbnb where people are making a lot of money on a second home. Airbnb has created a whole new industry for people uh, to tap into the multi-billion dollar industry of renting. Would you ever do that, Stu? Would you ever? I've used Airbnb. I know, but would you ever? I use it too, but I, I don't know if I would do that to my house. It would be I, for a second. Know. I mean, for a second house, it makes a lot of sense, right? If you're going to have a house, uh, if you, have, you know, you got enough problems with one house. You're going to have two. You'd be like, oh. Well, if it's an investment and you can you can gain the uh, the the capital. Stop and- being so logical. Stop it. If oh, you man. if you have a second if you have a, a second home uh, or if you're thinking you know I'd like that second home uh, and I'd like it to uh, pay for itself, Airbnb may be the thing for you. But American financing definitely is. Whether you're in for a second home, a first home, or even a consolidation loan. You can easily make a couple thousand dollars every month if you list your home as, a, uh, as something to rent or for vacation property. Make sure you check your city and county ordinance. And real estate has consistently been a great investment and qualifying for a second home may be easier than you think. Interest rates remain low. And right now you can put down as little as 10%. 10% down. A second home could be more consistent than stocks. But don't take my word for it. Talk to the salary-based mortgage consultants at American Financing, 866-750-6551, 866-750-6551, or AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the program. It is uh, Thursday. So um, later on after the program, I was singing Stu about uh, snorting some uh, condoms. Really? Yeah. Have you done that yet? You know, not as much as I would have liked to have. Yeah. Uh, you know. Do you think that teenagers are snorting condoms now because... Uh, 
perhaps they didn't get the lesson in kindergarten about the condom and the banana. <laughs> Is that they, the year they're teaching that these yeah, days? Well, I, I think so. Mm-hmm. May, they may be teaching it in the womb now. I'm not really sure. No, they wouldn't be teaching that because that's just a just a hunk of cells. I am kind of uh, surprised we have not heard the uh, Republicans want to stop sex education. That's why kids think they need to snort condoms. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't heard that argument yet. Yeah. Where, where are the hot takes? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like Salon is letting us down. Mm-hmm. Salon or Huffington Post. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should have had that take already. Mm. What is going on? Mm, I don't. With I, the left, they're mm. disappointing me. Yeah. By the way, th- more importantly, I think, than snorting condoms, putting condoms inside your nose, which is ridiculous. Next hour, Jeffy will be on to eat crickets. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Condoms are not made to snort. Okay. I don't know if you know this. Okay. Okay. What else would they be used for? Uh, bananas. Bananas. Okay. So condoms are not made to snort. Mm-hmm. It's very. It's stupid. I, I, I actually saw a, an article. Are you article trying to make the argument that crickets are made to eat? Uh, yes, they are. In in their delicacy in many cultures. Those cultures are dumb. And, yeah. Well, I agree with you. Dumb All cultures. cultures are not the same. Right. But a lot of people don't agree with us, and that's very hurtful. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at the uh, if you look at the crickets, Stu, the crickets are in a box, and they are marked food substance. I found this in a candy store. They're real crickets and real larvae. Uh, mm. Larvettes, I believe they're those larvettes. are called. That's the, that's the brand name, Larvettes. Mm. And crickets. Yes. So anyway, so he'll be here to do that. But as I was watching this uh, teenager snort this condom on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, ah. she was going through real pain. And she was like, ow, ow, ow. And I thought, you know, that is the body's way of saying, stop doing that. You know, yeah, that's pretty much why mm-hmm. pain is there. Pain is not something there that is just like, oh, I don't know. Just I've got pain. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why it happens. No, that's the body's way of mm. saying something's wrong. And listen to Glenn. He's a doctor. It, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that's uh, very true in this case. Because I, I mean, can we? I don't want to get into this too deeply, but I, I have thought about it a little bit. You mm-hmm. snort a condom, right? Mm-hmm. What's the the outcome? Is essentially comes down the back of the throat, and then and you, you like, pull, you pull it, it out your mouth. Your mouth. I mean, it's horrific to think about, but also not appetizing in any way. No, I don't. You know, I I don't look at a you know a friend of mine and go, "That's cool." Now we did try to get our friends to laugh and shoot milk through their nose, which is the same kind of thing. Sort of. Uh, again, condom, uh, milk is meant to be Yeah, nobody, but nobody sat around in the cafeteria and said, I'm going to try to make milk come through my nose. That's something we did to other people. Right. Okay. We were cruel like that. I don't I don't understand. First of all, milk is in your mouth already. <laughs> Condoms shouldn't be no. anywhere near your nose. I'm just I'm just saying. Glenn Beck Mercury. So here we go again. Another major data breach. This time it's Orbitz, the popular travel booking platform. They announced the breach may have compromised 880,000 customers. 
hackers access credit card numbers to use uh, used to book travel through the platform's website in 2016 and 2017. The hackers may have also stolen names, dates of birth, phone numbers, addresses, and gender. You don't want your gender stolen. That's really bad. There are so many threats in today's connected world, and it takes just one weak link for criminals to get in. Good thing new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds the power of Norton Security to help protect you against threats to your identity and your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. If you have a problem, they have agents who will work to fix it. No one can stop every cyber threat, every identity theft, or monitor our transactions at all businesses, but new LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover threats you might otherwise miss. Go to LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use promo code BECK for 10% off your first year. That's promo code BECK for an additional 10% off. LifeLock.com. Love. Courage. Truth. Glenn Beck. Do you think that the press would care? Do you think the press would point out that it is unethical for the NRA to donate $116,898 to Republican candidates, including half of that to Donald Trump? Right? I mean, here's an organization that has blood on its hands. It would be unethical if they didn't report it. Holy cow. So I can't understand why they're not reporting today that a Planned Parenthood affiliate donated $116,898 to the Democratic candidates and didn't report it. The Wisconsin branch of Planned Parenthood was fined a whopping $5,850 by the Federal Election Commission for failing to report 116870 or 898 in independent expenditures to Hillary Clinton for president and Russ Feingold. Okay, it's fairly obvious why they donate to Feingold, who supports partial birth abortions. And to be clear, partial birth abortions don't involve just dismembering uh, children in the womb because it's too tight in there to, to cut them up in the womb right before birth. Partial birth abortion means the baby is pulled through the birth canal and only the head remains and then they just stick a spike into the head and scramble the brains until the kid is dead. Then the head comes out of the birth canal. So it's one of those beautiful procedures. Feingold has voted eight times to allow partial birth abortions. The guy's a moneymaker for Planned Parenthood. Of course they're going to support him. The Wisconsin Planned Parenthood affiliate donated $58,449.04 to both Clinton and Feingold. Now, that's not why they're in trouble. In fact, it's quite common for Planned Parenthood affiliates to donate hundreds of thousands of dollars to political causes, which is weird because they've, they're trying to spend that money on mammograms. They're doing everything they can. They're just, it's, it's hand to mouth. The cupboards are bare. They need to have those tax dollars come in because there's no money for these poor women. As affiliates of Planned Parenthood, they're allowed to funnel money into candidates and causes that benefit the operational arm of Planned Parenthood, the now federally funded organization, which performed over 300,000 abortions last year and received $543.7 million in taxpayer subsidies. Can I ask, when did this country stop 
having the discussion that we will never we will never fund abortions. Do you remember that? We're never going to afford, uh, you know, uh, to support abortions. We will never. It's an outrage to say that this Congress wants to pass a bill that will fund abortions. When did we stop having that argument? When did that just become normal? Planned Parenthood now is in trouble for not reporting the donations as required by law. The distinctions are fraught with legalese and courtroom jargon, which is a large part of the problem. But where does Planned Parenthood stand? More importantly, where is all of that money coming from? By the way, don't bother to find this in the, mo- in the news. It's not there. The mainstream media isn't interested in journalism of this kind. <laughs> they are far too busy trying to figure out just exactly how many Diet Cokes President Trump is consuming every day. It's Thursday, April 5th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Is it just me, Stu, on that with the with Planned Parenthood? Do you remember when they would say we're not, we're never going to fund abortions in this, and then all of a sudden now we're doing it all the time? Well, as you know, Glenn, mm-hmm. uh, what happens is yes. individual dollars mm-hmm. come into Planned yeah. Parenthood, okay. and those individual dollars are yeah. put inside of a giant vat of money. Ah. And what they do when they want to take and pay for an abortion, they reach in there and make sure they avoid those specific dollars. Ah. They never even touch one okay. of those dollars okay. that are coming in because, as you know, they are a primarily a women's health facility yes, they, oh. that facilitates uh-huh. women's health. Yes. And so what they do is they just kind of navigate their fingers around the dollars that are set from the government, and they pick up other outside dollars mm. to pay for abortions, even though the overwhelming majority of the reason you would go to Planned Parenthood is going to be to get an abortion, and all of the procedures that must be required to get an abortion, those can all be paid for, but not the actual abortion, which is supposed to okay. make you feel so good and so excited to send in your dollars every April okay. 15th. All right, good. Okay, because that's, that's, not, that's not happening for me. I'm not feeling good about you're it. You're not? No, I'm not. You're not feeling charitable when you're paying no. for other No, I actually feel ripped off. But these are associated procedures so weird. with abortion, but not actual abortion. It's weird. I pay, I pay 10% to my church. And I know exactly where my church is spending that, you know, mm-hmm. I can follow the dollars. I see what the percentage is on how much actually went to that particular problem that they were trying to solve. Sure. I know how much money is going to food and clothing and, and housing people all around the world. So I give my 10% to my church and I, and I'm happy to do it because it's, it's, it's very efficient. Mm-hmm. It's a, if there's one thing the Mormons are good at efficiency. So it's very efficient, and so I have no problem doing that, and I can check at any time. And you know what? If they became wasteful, I would still give 10%, but I wouldn't give it to them. Hmm. Well, sure. I would, be, I would be a good steward of this money. But see, when it comes to April 15th, I have no idea where this money is going. They're buying turtle tunnels, doing all kinds hmm. of stuff, wasting, paying, paying off litigation. You know, for hashtag me too, for scumbags that are in Congress. 
I, I really don't want to pay for all of that stuff. Well, your approach seems boring. What? I mean, like if you go to a if you went to a movie theater mm-hmm. and it's the sixth sense. Yeah. And the first scene, it says, by the way, Bruce Willis is dead, dead the whole time. Yeah. Now the sixth sense. That would suck. You go to, yeah. you, when you donate to your church, oh, it's going to go to a good cause and they're actually going to use it efficiently. That's boring. Here is like, you get an M. Night Shyamalan twist. They tell you it's not going to abortion, but it actually is. At oh my the end. gosh. At you're the end, right. you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know the whole time. So it's I've been really, funding that. <laughs> it's like the fun and yeah. the exhilaration of going to Vegas. Okay, yeah. You just, wow. you, you, it could do good. But it probably is going to the mob. And even if it's going to do some good, it's right. going to do it really inefficiently. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a really fun way yeah. to do business. That, we should give the government more of our money and more power so they can do that to us more only, often. Only if they take away my guns. I hate, oh, God, their guns are only so bad. Only if they take They're away so my guns. Bad. You know, I want everyone to know that uh, Trump is a fascist, but please have him take our guns immediately because yeah. it turns out really well... Yeah. When you have, when you're well, a resist movement, right? Mm-hmm, you're you're mm-hmm, saying mm-hmm. your resistance. Let's mm-hmm, say, let's use the mm-hmm. word resistance. Uh-huh. Let's say well, let's re- use the word that they're using mm-hmm. now, not just resistance, mm-hmm. revolution. Revolution. You know, that member mm-hmm. of Congress said, I think it's time for the revolution. So the best thing you can do if you're for revolution <laughs> is take away all the guns. <laughs> I was going in a slightly different uh, uh, direction okay. when it comes to uh, right. our absolutely incredibly sarcastic points we're making. Sure, this I'm, not, I'm not being sarcastic. Which, I believe every word of this. Which is, if you have a fascist government mm-hmm. and you consider yourself to be the resistance, mm-hmm. think of how ineffective that resistance would be if you actually were to give the fascist government all of your weapons. This is not an advisable action in this particular circumstance. It's almost as if they don't actually believe the government is fascist. Because if they did, you wouldn't think that immediately turning your weapons over to that fascist government would be advisable. Unless they're all French and they're like, no way we could win anyway. (laughs) And which is really weird, which is really weird. People say all the time, you know, I can't believe what you're going to fight against the United States government. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Al Qaeda was doing pretty good. We have to take that point down because this is gets ISIS repeated. Is, uh, ISIS did pretty good. This gets repeated all the time. Palestinians seem to be holding up. What are you going to do with your AR-15 against the government? They have tanks. And what that is designed to do is to make you picture in your head <laughs> tanks rolling up your driveway and you standing there by yourself with your AR-15, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's a very successful idea. Now, again, we hope and it never comes to this, but this is what the founders wanted to protect against. They didn't want a tyrannical mm-hmm, government, mm-hmm. so they they put the Second Amendment in the largely for that purpose, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. So the idea that you have your AR-15 and tanks roll up your driveway, yes, you're going to lose that battle. However, think about it from the other perspective. Think about a government who wants to uh, uh, institute tyranny over its people. Oh, boy. Okay, let's just say they want to do that. Listen to where he's going. Okay. Mm -hmm. Think about the, just the logistical challenge of rolling over 350 million guns. Okay. Trying to go door to door to stop an armed populace who is resisting you that has 350 million guns. Yeah. You know what? You could nuke all the cities. Go, they've got nukes. Yeah, you could nuke all the cities. And in the end, I guess you'd win that battle. What country are you running at that point, though? What 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 have you done to the nation you supposedly want to have tyranny over? There's nothing left to run. You've killed everyone, and there's no infrastructure anywhere, and there's no economy, and there's nothing going on. 
if you try to go door to door, I can tell you it's pretty difficult. And you know how I can tell you it's pretty difficult? Because I got that information from the same people who told us it was going to be impossible to win a war in Iraq with the U.S. military going door to door against the Iraqi people. You were the people who told us it was going to be impossible to go door to door in Iraq. And it was really freaking hard. They didn't even have AR-15s, most of them. They didn't wow, have a Second was... Amendment. They didn't have 350 million guns. And the U.S. military went in there and still had a lot of problems. So I, th- this this idea that having a, a self-defense mechanism mm-hmm. against the government is meaningless, mm-hmm. it's not... Yeah, you're right. Tanks rolling up your driveway, you're going to have a real tough time with your gun. However, it is a real deterrent over even attempting this. Why would you even bother? It would be so difficult. You'd lose so many lives. You'd have such a destroyed society by you know, the end of it. It wouldn't be worth it. I'm really sorry, uh, Stu. I, I tried to bring up something that maybe you'd be a little passionate about. I'm sorry I missed the mark. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> it's nothing like it's not like having a conversation with a friend and you just say one thing and then they go off <laughs> it's just like wow it's the fourth of july look at these fireworks this is fun all right want to talk to you a little bit about american finance american financing can uh give you a consolidation loan they can refi your house you know maybe you've maybe you've already paid 10 years on your house and you don't want another 30-year mortgage i get it you can get uh, a mortgage built for you the time period that you want. Here's what American Financing does. They work for you. You call them up and you say, hey, look, I'm looking to consolidate uh, all of my debt or I'm looking for, you know, uh, a, a, a mortgage and get out of my adjustable mortgage. I'm, I want to get out of my mortgage insurance now. The time has passed. So can you help me out on this? They work for you. They don't work for the banks. And so they will customize any loan. They're going to go out and find the right loan for you. It's a custom loan, and it's not customized for the banks, but for you. It's mortgage your way. Wow. It's almost like Burger King, except a lot, lot better. It takes uh, one call to their salary-based mortgage consultants, and you could close in as fast as 10 days. Only with American Financing. I really like these guys. Family owned and operated American Financing. 1-800-906-2440. Call them now. 1-800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation. NMLS 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck Mercury. Land back. Jennifer Gardner is in mourning, and I mourn with her. She's no. lost the her beloved reading buddy and walking partner. She announced it on on Monday that her pet chicken has died. Oh no! Mm-hmm. Her pet chicken has her has pet chicken died. has passed away. And did you say reading partner? Which was that was the phrasing you? Oh, you don't know. You don't know about what's happening with chickens now. With the elite? The elite chickens? No, not the elite chickens. Oh. All chickens are the same. Can't tell them apart. They all look alike. Wow, that's racist. Huh? They all look the same to you? Yeah, they all look the same to me. Anyway, so uh, the chickens, now especially in Silicon Valley, um, 
I hesitate to say this because I was thinking about taking a new job out there. I was thinking about going out there and just and, and and taking this job. And if I say this, I think there might be a rush of people from the middle of the country moving out towards Silicon Valley. Um, the uh, the chickens are the big hot pet now, and uh, and so people are 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 keeping them as pets. And they're and I'm not making this up. They're putting chicken diapers on chickens. Chicken diapers. Chicken diapers. So these are. Not diapers made of chicken. They're no. diapers no. made for chickens. Yes. Yes. They're diapers made for chickens. Now, I'm not sure if they were actually made for chickens or they're just like baby diapers that are strapped on to the chicken. I'm not sure. Because they do have doggy diapers that are made specifically yeah, for dogs. These are chicken diapers now. People are keeping chickens indoors uh, and they're keeping them as pets and they have little leashes that they put around their necks mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, some of the chicken coops which my grandfather used to make out of just, you know, scrap lumber, you know. Uh, these chicken coops are now running as, uh, as high as $18,000. Uh, you know, but they're as low as 12000 Oh, just the twelve? Twelve thousand dollars $12,000 chicken coop That's great. Uh, in the back. And this is why I'm, I want to tell you, you know what? I'm going to let you have this job. I'm going to let you have this job. If you happen to raise chickens and you know, you know, all of the ins and outs of chicken raising, which they're very complex, they're very complex. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, the wealthy and the famous and the tech leaders are um, are paying for chicken consultants, and they are paying upwards of three hundred dollars an hour for chicken consultants. And the chicken consultant does what exactly? Consult you about your chickens, like advises you advises you you know how to feed them, how to what they might be feeling, what they might be feeling, they might be feeling. Chickens have feelings. Oh, I'm sure they do. Okay. But I mean, I just, they, you know, they would, it would the make best sense. kind of diaper for your chicken, you know, how not to ever, ever show them a picture of Colonel Sanders that sets them off. That is a, tr- that's a, that's a Probably trigger. Would. It's yes. a trigger for, mm-hmm. so, so anyway, so, uh, Regina George has passed away and she wanted to let everybody know from natural causes, natural causes. Um, it's terrible. I don't know if you bury the chicken or eat the chicken, but I don't, it feels like, you know, I assume the end of the story Mm -hmm. years after didn't have Wilbur eventually being eaten by the family, right? It seems like when, once we find personality in animals, we stop eating them. That does seem to be a general practice. Like, you know, it's always like this story where it's like, a cow escaped. It was about to be slaughtered that day and it somehow broke through a fence and ran across town. That cow never gets slaughtered later. That cow just becomes like a mascot for the farm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you find mm-hmm. that, they're like, is this is an amazing escape story. We can't, it, it escaped. And then they, they don't wind up going through See, it. See, you know, this is a really, I, there's a couple of things in my childhood that I question now. Okay. I, mm-hmm. I, I really question a couple of things. One, my my mother used to make us rice and raisins, which I used to love. And she would boil raisins in in some milk, and then uh, and then she'd put some rice and uh, some raisins in there, and then she'd serve it. I found out later when I I said to Tanya, I said, "Oh, you know, one of my favorites is, and nobody has this ever, is rice and raisins." And she said, "How do you make it?" And started to make it, and she said, "It's rice pudding. <laughs> it's just say. you just have to cook it longer." And I realized. <laughs> My mother was just lazy. My mother was just like, that's good enough for them. 
She just threw, <laughs> it's like she just to start making the you know rice pudding, and then she'd be like, ah, "It's just my kids. What, I'm going to stand here for another two hours making this slop." <laughs> so, uh, so I question that, and then also the end of my my collie, my dog Prince. Um, we were we were giving away my my dog uh, because we lived kind of in the city, and I was getting older, and it wasn't you know we I wasn't you know with him all the time, and he was he was an out he was an outdoor dog, and. Uh, and so we decided to give him to a farm. And, uh, and I said at one point, I, I, I really, I, I, you know, can, can we ever go visit Prince? Now, what do you say <laughs> to your child when they say, can we ever go visit, you know, our, our dog? Uh, sure, but not right now. But not right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, you do that. Or you just say, you know what? It'll be really hard on Prince to do that. You know, you know, you know, you know what my parents said? What, what did they? Oh, um, yeah. He ran out in the street and got hit by a car a couple of weeks ago. He's dead. I'm like, you couldn't have just let him live in my head like Wilbur did? I mean, I mean holy cow. A tough twist of that it was, story. It was. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to question things about my childhood. It, it may not be as rosy as I thought it was. Glenn Beck. Mercury. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program, Mr. Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed. Glad to be here. Yeah, good to have you here, Pat. Somewhat somewhat troubled after Bill's appearance today. What do you mean? Well, because he didn't address the substance of what is being said in the leaked reports. I understand he's upset with the leak itself, and Mm. that's... it, It makes sense, but... I wish he would have addressed uh, the substance of what, what was what, being what, said what? that they were going to, you know, when the evidence comes out, you must lie about it. Yeah, it was, it was essentially what well, they no, were saying. Well, no, you have to discredit it or, yeah, you have basically. to say it's counterfeit. Yeah, you have to say it's counterfeit. Now, look, right. You, so, uh, I don't understand. Which means there's evidence. Well, you knew that. Of the, no, you I knew, knew what? That. Well, it's that there re- was a, di- it's been widely reported. There was a diary and there is a sex tape. A sex tape? Well, not a, se- a s- not a sex tape, but a phone conversation. Audio. Yeah, there's yeah, been reports audio. about that. Is this the lease wheel thing? His lawyer. No, no, no. This, this is, isn't one of the. Oh, this is yeah. the this is the early one in the '90s. Remember, he said where they actually. To, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I'm trying to protect yeah. my family. Uh, do you want your mm. heavy breathing? You know. Mm. It was apparently a consensual sort of thing, yes. and then she recorded it. And then she recorded it and had a problem, and, and so he paid to keep oh, that that's, quiet. That's right. And he said, give me the stuff, and from here on out, I'm going to give you all this money. That's right. You deny it. But the way it's being presented, mm-hmm. of course, as always, as Bill says, is ugly. It looks, you know, they make it look, the oh, New York no, Times it's... makes it look as bad as possible, or that it's maybe one of these later women uh who are claiming harassment or whatever and that's not the case so it's right so it's a macros thing so here's the so here's the thing you know you just you don't engage in stuff uh you know and you don't you don't settle stuff that's anymore. a good safety you just tip. don't yeah. settle stuff anymore yeah and maybe in that case mm-hmm. that was a consensual relationship yeah he was cheating on that's his right. wife forgot about that um but it was a consensual relationship and it didn't go well what a surprise yeah, yeah so yeah. you don't settle stuff yeah you just take your lumps but for that um 
you shouldn't have your career destroyed. No. You think? I think. Yeah, yeah I think. I think. Right. So you know, are you are you okay today? Because we've been mourning the loss of uh, of uh, Chicken Regina George, uh, the uh, <laughs> the beloved walking and reading buddy of Jennifer Gardner. <laughs> the chicken. You could have broken that to me a little bit more gently. I what didn't even know that Chicken Regina was sick. sick. Yeah, she yeah, was sick. she was sick. She was sick. She was she's very sick. Is she going to be okay? She's dead. Or oh, no. okay, so <laughs> okay, that's uh, a lot better. Okay, thank you. Yeah, now I'm yeah, yeah, a little yeah. more accepting. So of the whole thing. I didn't know if give you me were... some time to heal. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard about the thing? That no, this is the new California thing to have. Well, is it a support chicken? Is that what it is? <laughs> Is it an emotional support chicken? I think it is. They're making chickens into pets. Now, Bizarre. I have to tell you, we have chickens at the farm. My daughter has chickens. Okay. My daughter mm-hmm. has little, my daughter has two little kids. So mm-hmm. they have named the chickens. Now the chickens might disappear at uh-huh. some point. It's very sad. Wind very up sad. on a dinner plate. No, perhaps. I don't know what's going to happen there. <laughs> But but well, I mean, it's know. still a chicken, you mm-hmm. know, it's still a human chicken relationship. It's not a pet. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. now the big thing is to have chickens as pets. Why? And they're putting chicken diapers on them so they can be oh in the my, house. Come on. No, I swear to you. Look it up. Do we know why this is a cool thing? Why, does a chicken make a good pet? Jeffy is. Jeffy uh, says yes. Jeffy. <laughs> Chickens have uh, personalities just like just like you and I. Do they? No, they don't. No, they sure no. Do. that's untrue. No. That's a false statement. But thank you for making it. <laughs> I want to. Ch- I want to get a chicken. I want a chick. I want a studio chicken. I want a studio chicken, and we'll put. We'll so put. Good. Let's put Just some diapers support. on it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can we borrow someone's chicken? Because my daughter will not let us borrow their chicken. I know she won't. I thought, it was, like your chicken. I thought it was your chicken. No, it's not my chicken. How is it going to disappear then? What? How is it going to disappear? I live next door. I know the combination <laughs> lock. <laughs> I mean, I, look, if I'm, you know, if I'm a chicken owner, especially if I have pet chickens, I, I probably am not going to allow my chicken in the same building. To be made Jeffy. fun of. Uh, yeah. Wait, <laughs> what? Just, I don't think we I'm need a put... chicken. We need to borrow a chicken tomorrow and diapers. Anybody know anything about chicken diapers? <laughs> well, if you have a pet you chicken, you know everything about it. I right. Suppose. In Texas, you would think that you could buy a chicken diaper. It's in Texas after all. Yeah. Either that or... Or if you ask, they may string you up. I'm not. I'm not sure which mm-hmm. it is. I think they give you a diaper made out of a chicken. I think <laughs> that's going to be for a chicken. They diaper. actually yeah. may they do might. that. They might yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we brought Jeffy in today because uh, yeah, Stu said you needed some uh, advice on uh, something. No, from we actually Mason just wanted to see. Uh, we just wanted to see. I bet that even you won't do it. That I won't do it. You won't yeah. do it. Me too. What kill a support chicken? No, no wrong. No, no, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> There's uh, a, there was a segment we did on patents too, occasionally, uh, and tried to... it was entitled "Will, Will Jeffy, Jeffy Eat It?" it? <laughs> uh, and it was a question we would come up with, like a very strange, random food or substance, and Jeffy would go into an isolation booth. <laughs> And we would try to predict whether Jeffy would eat the substance we've come up Should with. Should we send him People to the isolation booth? <laughs> well, I mean... I mean, it is right here. It's right, it's here. right there. It is right there. I, I, it's right there. I saw so, the promo on the news and why it matters. Oh, okay, all right. So, so okay, you're right, kind good. of aware of what's happening I watched, I watched the network. So he's here. So <clears throat> I may be wrong. I think because he, he shows because, up. Well, well, let's let's reveal what they are. Yeah, reveal what they are. And uh, Jeffy, these these are these this is good eating here. 
Ooh. <laughs> this is the first time I've seen them. Okay, so you? these are crickets. Where did you buy these? Uh, are they you, readily available anywhere? No, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I bought them at, you know, the sugar place uh, in um, Roanoke? Hey, sugar. It's this candy store. It's this great candy oh. store. Okay. And they have and they, edible uh, crickets and larva, larvets. Lar- oh. Crickets, bacon, and cheese. Ick. Crickets, salt, and vinegar. <laughs> And, larvettes and that's the original worm snack mexican I spice I hope you, these are not this is not the imitation no cheap imitation so that's uh, yeah the flavors is what gets you if they were just uh-huh. bugs you couldn't tell <laughs> yeah. so will you Nasty eat them spices would you eat them you? i mean uh, maybe i think you should at least try them since we're on national radio yeah. if you were try to try them. one which would it be well, I guess you got to go with the bacon and cheese. Uh, that's what right? I figured. Yeah. So I, we actually came up. We had talked about this. No, episode. but you got to try the larvettes. Yeah, because I here's here's the sell on all three of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tell me which one you would try first. Because one, you got bacon and cheese, which yeah. is the best flavor mm-hmm. of the three. Okay? Hope, but it's on a cricket. Bacon and cheese right. crickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other crickets are salt and vinegar. And while that's not my favorite flavor, it's the most dominating flavor of the three. That's for sure. It's going to so it overwhelm, overwhelm the, the flavor taste. of the cricket. I, think. I actually heard crickets the, don't taste bad. The larva, I mean, the larva thing bothers me because of all the little legs on them see i actually went the other way is i think those are most similar to like a noodle you're gonna know you're eating a cricket when you eat the crickets but with the larvettes it's gonna be they're very slim i think you can just put them in there i think there's i think they are the legs are much tinier on the larvettes (laughs) than on the crickets by the way other shows probably talking about stormy daniels today aren't you glad you're here <laughs> i think people are sick of the stormy daniels uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, i think so all right all right so jeffy i think he's got to try one of each i think that's the easiest way to go about one it. of each but yeah. now, i thought the bit was whether i wanted to eat it or not yeah no, no, that's, we moved on from that <laughs> <laughs> now it's you will you <laughs> just gotta rearrange you gotta, you gotta the words you gotta give us a <laughs> because you said i'm here jeffy uh, will eat it uh, so <laughs> Oh, they're so nasty looking. Ooh. Oh, God. They're all individually wrapped for freshness, though. That's well, nice. Well, yeah. individually These wrapped as yeah, a okay. collection of okay, crickets. So, so, Pat, why don't you open up the others and you can, right. that way you can just... Uh, Are you it. actually going to try all three? Yes. Yeah, might as well. Yes, right. he is. Might as well. Uh, okay, I mean, so I'm cr- here. I'm hungry. We're starting off with the bacon and cheese crickets. These are little tiny crickets, legitimately Ooh. crickets. You can watch it on... I mean, we've got it. What, what, what Facebook page are you streaming that to, Keith? It's on Twitter, it's on Twitter at the Twitter. Blaze, Blaze Twitter. Okay, so there it is. And you can watch it on... Uh, okay. Get close ooh. to the mic so we hear the crunchiness. Yeah. Okay, so this oh, is so a bacon I, I and cheese. I can't just swallow cr- it? Uh, no, you gotta, you gotta to chew it. it. Of course you have to chew it. You're not gonna what kind of, what kind of animal that? are you? Come on, <laughs> come on, eat it. Eat it, eat it. Ooh. Oh, oh, this is... Ick. Oh, not bad. Really? Oh, not bad. Did it's you not taste bad. the bacon candy. and cheese? Is it candy-like? Yeah. Or is it like a chip-like? Really? More chip. More chip-like. Is it, is it a bacon but, and cheese? Can you taste the bacon okay. and cheese? He's eating another one. He's eating one. another one. Of the same bacon and cheese. Okay, so this is the... Okay, so, yeah, that, that one is the sour cream and onion or whatever it is. <laughs> sour cream. That's vinegar and salt. Vinegar and salt. I don't like the salt and vinegar. <laughs> All right, so now don't just eat the head. Eat the whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Don't try to cheat. <laughs> He's not cheating. He's eating them. Eaten by the handful now. Uh, These are like eaten in some countries that I never want to. Billions visit. of people eat bugs. I know, and the UN wants more billions of people to eat bugs. I know, I know. they're huge in Thailand. That's why I think we should get rid of the I know. UN. <laughs> that is your main argument against the UN. You like those That's better? Good. You like the salt and 
Yeah, I'm not vinegar a big fan bag. of salt and vinegar, but that's not bad. Really? Now, is it, it's true. It kind of huh. dominates. It, yep. It's much more. Yeah. Of a, it's a much stronger flavor. So you like yeah. that better than the bacon cheese? Mm, no, the bacon cheese is better. Oh, so bacon All cheese. Right, so now here's the larva. And this is the Mexican spice. Oh, yeah. it's so icky looking. Yeah, the larvae. It is the original worm snack. So that's what, here. that's what it says on the box. It's the original worm snack. <laughs> oh, like that. somebody else was doing this. Uh, okay. I'm glad we have some. I can't believe you're doing this. That's I can't believe it either. Amazing. It's really gross. Because it doesn't have any bougie sauce on it or anything. It's just candy. Mm. It's not it's candy. Not candy. Bugs. Bugs. It's it's just bugs. candy. They're bugs. It says it's candy. Uh, no. <laughs> so what are, what are the worms like? They're Mexican spice flavored. Can't really taste anything with the worms. With the larvettes. See, that's why I think I no might taste go at all. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So the best one was the bacon so you don't cheese like, cricket. So yeah. Jeffy does not like yeah, the, bacon the larva. <laughs> well, there's nothing to them. There's we not enough larva flavor. Yeah. Is that yeah. Maybe a little ketchup to dip them in or something. Right. It might be all right. Would you? Would you? If you sat at a table and those were sitting there, once and you, you were once just you start alone, just like chips. you were just alone, would you just be like, hmm, "I've had those before. I those mean, are pretty good. No, not bad." You keep still eating, eating them. them. <laughs> I'm waiting on dinner. This is like a snack. It's like this, this pre pre dinner snack. All right. uh-huh. In all honesty, if those things, like it, now you know the taste of them. If you went to a party and there was a bowl, you know where all the snacks were, and they were filled with, let's say, bacon and cheese crickets. <coughs> Ooh, just got a leg caught in my throat. Sorry. <laughs> would you? <laughs> so gross. Would you? Would you stick your hand in and take a handful and and pop them down at the party? And not because Assuming, you were being seen by somebody, just because you're like, oh, no, these aren't bad. Yeah, probably. You mm. probably would. And for the bacon and cheese crickets, yeah. Now, of course, this mm. obviously assumes the ridiculous premise that you'd be invited to a party, uh, which we all <laughs> no, know would not. No, 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 no. Not you so ridiculous because it is a party. <laughs> That is serving crickets. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jeffy. Uh, anytime you need my expertise. Oh, yeah, well, that's yeah. uh, good. At Jeffy MRA on Twitter is where you should go. I don't. Maybe we'll get an update at some point from you on Twitter today uh, from how those things tasted and, sure. and what the maybe after effects are. I wonder if they rehydrate. They start crawling around. Oh, my God. They might reanimate in his belly. (laughs) Uh, And uh, at uh, Pat Gray, uh, at Pat Pat Unleashed uh, is on Twitter as well. Uh, Make sure you tune in today. And I assume on uh, Jeffy is on the Pat Unleashed program every day for his segment, Chewing the Fat with Jeffy. Uh, Is this going to be an update, you think, on the program today? Absolutely. We definitely have to have an update on it. Good to see you, Jeffy. Thanks so much. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about Goldline. Goldline... Uh, does a lot of business with um, the um, the Canadian Mint, and if you're looking for, you know, if you're looking for um, an investment, and you're looking for an investment where uh, the the your investment will go up while other things are going down, it's really gold. Gold has had a great uh, year. In fact, I think it's um, I can't remember how much it's up last year, but it it had a great year last year. And with the volatility, gold is still doing really, really well. Um, but they do this. Uh, they do um, coins, specialized coins with the Canadian mint. Uh, and you can see them there for the special forces. Uh, they're for the War of 1812. They also have um, the the gold bullion, the little teeny gold bullion, which I think are in $100 increments each. They're maybe a tenth of an ounce, something like that. Like the credit card size thing? Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. 
and I love this. You put this in your pocket or you give this to your kids as they go to college. And that way they always have something with them that in case things go crazy, they can get home. You remember 9-11 people? What were people? I know people who are trying to get out of the city and nobody was taking cash. Nobody was taking anything to get out of the city because wow. um, they just, you know, how much are you going to pay me? Uh, and so, uh, you know, they would have this on them and they would be able to have little gold bullion that you could get out of the city, get out and get back home. Gold, it's not an all-in strategy. I look at it more as an insurance policy. If you are looking to spread around your risk a bit, you might want to consider with the uh, the brand new um, IRA program that they have. Call them for all of the information at 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. You'll also, just for calling and asking them, tell them that you're a listener of mine. They're going to send you um, the free um, copper uh saint godden's coin which is really really beautiful just for calling up and they'll send you the information also on the canadian mint call them now gold line 1866 gold line 1866 gold line or goldline.com glenn beck mercury Back. Last year, Mercury One had their leadership program hosted by uh, David Barton and Mercury One. Uh, it's two weeks of you coming in and or sending your kids uh, and 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 David really putting them through uh, through school in a leadership program. The first session starts May 28th. Second is June 11th. And then the third is July 9th. They each last two weeks. Um, we're looking for 18 to 25 year olds. You're going to learn about our country and you'll see the original documents. You'll learn how to research. I just heard a story last night of one of the people that attended last year. They wrote a, uh, a paper and I can't remember what it was on. It was like John Adams and slavery. And the professor said, no, you don't want to do that. And she said, yes, I do. He said, no, you really don't. She said, yes, I do. When she wrote the paper and turned it in, not knowing what kind of grade she was going to get, uh, she passed with flying colors with an A and the the professor said, I had to look some of this stuff up. I didn't even know if that was true or not. It was the best well-researched paper I've ever read. Leadership program, mercuryone.org slash LTP. Apply now. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Mercury.